Hello all! Welcome to another mini-episode of Actually Autistic Educator. Today we're going to talk about something that comes up a lot in discussions around autism and language, mostly by non-autistics, ironically. What are the commonly used terms for the autistic community, and how does it intersect with the larger disability, neurodiversity, mental health communities and their preferences? Also, since our last episode was about eugenics and horribly depressing things, and autistics listening deserves some extra positive representation, I'm including a bonus to last month's mini-episode of Cool Famous Autistics, and we'll be wrapping up by learning a bit about the incredibly awesome autistic woman writing the new Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy comic series. Regarding labels, the most important thing to note is that I am talking about general themes seen within communities, but nothing I say should ever be used to tell someone else how they get to self-identify, especially if you are not a member of a given community. Constantly on social media, there are non-autistics who jump in to correct autistics and disabled folks about why they shouldn't define themselves a certain way. Do not do this. Language changes over time. People have a wide array of preferences and backgrounds, and so if a given person has stated they prefer to use a certain label for themselves, it is not your place to correct them. I am going to be sharing a study about how certain euphemisms impact perception, and talking about some of the more common preferences seen by the autistic community online. This was recorded in September of 2021. I have no doubt things will change in the future, so when in doubt, Look to current communities and see what they are saying now. The biggest language or label question with autism is regarding a concept called person-first language versus identity-first language. The idea is that some labels may be seen as negative, and people may not want to define themselves by a specific medical or neurological condition. For many people with certain diagnoses, this feels better for them. For example, rather than a depressed person, many folks prefer person with depression, as it centers the person with depression as a modifier separate from the self. However, many people see specific diagnoses as inherent to who they are as a person and not inherently negative. For myself, there is no version of me that is not autistic. It is not something that can be separated from my self-identity. It encapsulates who I am and how I interact with the world, and is an essential part of me. And there's nothing wrong or bad about being autistic. In my experience, it makes you more likely to know cool stuff and be chill to hang out with. This is not how everyone autistic identifies, but in my experience, the vast majority of autistics prefer identity first. I am autistic, or an autistic person. I am not a person with autism. That is why this is the language that I predominantly use for this podcast. But I am a teacher first and foremost, and believe in teaching skepticism and critical thinking to everyone, so always check the citations. Two of the best-known autistic-led organizations centered on autism, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network and the Autistic Women and Non-Binary Network, both have articles on their websites explaining the preference for identity-first language, that I link in the transcript. Also, the 2021 article in the journal Autism in Adulthood, titled Avoiding Ableist Language, Suggestions for Autism Researchers, 
uses identity first language of autistics. And hashtags like actually autistic on social media likewise show a preference by many of us to center our autistic identity as an inherent part of ourselves that we do not want to be distanced from linguistically. If you are autistic and listening, you are probably rather confused why this is even something I am bringing up. I mean, it's literally in the title of my podcast that I identify as autistic, and it is the predominant language used by autistics online. But sadly, if you're not autistic and work in education or counseling, this probably sounds very different from what you have been explicitly told in trainings. Now, we are all individuals, not a monolith. So there are some folks who may identify as a person with autism, and that's okay too. Labels are deeply personal. You get to define yourself in whatever way feels right for you. However, many well-meaning non-autistics have decided that because some communities prefer person first, that therefore it should be used for all communities, and therefore explicitly teach that the default should be person with autism, and will even step in to tell autistics we are limiting ourselves and other frankly ableist trash statements that all rely on the premise that autistic is something that is bad to be. Autistic writers have reported their articles have been edited to change their language for themselves to meet industry best practices, to change them from being an autistic person to a person with autism without recognizing that their preference should take precedence. I have also seen this extensively reported in professional development trainings for teachers, where person first is explicitly taught as the preference for autistics, despite the fact that none of the people running the training are autistic themselves. The idea still focuses on the concept that autism is bad, that being defined that way is somehow bad too. Autism is not a bad word, and treating it as such will not improve the daily systemic ableism we face in the world. Actually listening to us, rather than speaking over us, on the other hand, really could. I will make a note here that because different subgroups within the larger disability community have expressed different preferences here, I do personally vary my language regarding larger disability issues between the identity-first disabled people and person-first people with disabilities, to recognize that depending on the disabilities in question, there are different preferences, and it's not my place to speak for people with disabilities other than my own. I call myself disabled because, again, it's not a bad word, and if people are going to be ableist, then dressing it up with other words is not going to stop them from judging me for my differences, but that's on them and not me. But that's all my choice. I don't get to make that for others. Related to this, there have also been debates regarding euphemisms such as special needs or differently abled, rather than saying disabled. This again is a personal thing, so if a given individual states a preference for themselves, then use that. But when looking at broader communities, we do need to look at general preferences rather than your own assumptions, and also to consider what the effects of language choice are. A study from 2016 titled, Special Needs is an Ineffective Euphemism, unsurprisingly given the title, found that when people were given a brief description of a person that included labels of special needs, disabled, person with X disability, and such, 
were then asked to share their perceptions of that person, the label special needs was associated with more negative views of individuals than the word disability was. And in word association exercises, it likewise was connected more to negative perceptions. When we use euphemisms, it implies that there is something bad or shameful about the subject. Disabled is not a bad word, and in the long run, it would be better to address the severe ableism in society that makes people think it is, rather than come up with euphemisms about it. Again, though, this is deeply personal, and we have all faced serious trauma from a society that clearly doesn't care about actually supporting us. If that word doesn't feel right as a label for you, you get to pick what does. Ableism is deeply ingrained into our culture, and there are many changes that happen in language as we examine different labels used and consider the impacts they have. Many phrases that were common clinical descriptors in the past have been phased out entirely, with good reason. But it's always important to check in and see what people within a given community feel about language and to update it as preferences change. As always, Look to people with lived experience, and don't assume that what you saw in a training by a person outside that community should take precedence. Because seriously, I've had like three people tell me not to call myself disabled or center myself apart from my autism on social media since I started this podcast, and buddy, literally all the coolest people I know are disabled and or neurodivergent. We are amazing and badass. And it's not in spite of our disabilities or autism. It's all just a part of who we are. And to finish, we are highlighting one of these amazing people, the writer of the new DC Comics run Harley Quinn, the Eat Bang Kill Tour, Miss T. Franklin, who self-identifies as a Black, queer, disabled, autistic wheelchair user. T. Franklin is the founder of the hashtag Black Comics Month initiative, which celebrates Black creators as well as comics featuring Black protagonists and works with publishers to give away books that showcase Black excellence in comics. She is perhaps best known for her comic Bingo Love, the story of a same-sex romance that spans over 60 years, which was listed on Amazon Book Review's Best Comics and Graphic Novels of 2018, NPR's Best Books of 2018, Newsweek's Best Comic Books of 2018, and is just highly recommended. She is delightful to follow on Twitter, posting about comics, ableism, and more. You can follow her at Ms. M-I-Z T T-E-E Franklin. Check out her personal site at tfranklin.com. That's T-E-E Franklin. And you can find her work at your local comic book shop or through internet searches. A disclaimer here, I'm not getting paid or anything. I'm just incredibly excited about this. I personally am a huge geek and was interested in this run already just for the happy bisexual representation. But when I saw her on Twitter, I was just ecstatic to find out she was autistic. I found out like two days after posting our last mini episode of Famous Autistics and so definitely wanted to add her to that list now. We can be and do so many amazing things. Autism and disability aren't labels that limit me. They let me be open about parts of myself that others often aren't comfortable with, but are essential to who I am. I'm a redhead. Bisexual. Huge nerd. 
and I'm disabled and autistic. We all get to pick the labels that work for us. Because, as my cats will attest, there's a huge difference between someone putting you in a box versus a box you pick for yourself. Whatever your box, may it be a comfy one. Thank you for listening. As always, our next episode drops October 1st, finally actually wrapping up our three-part series on autistic communication, looking at autistic empathy from our perspective. As always, I'd love to connect on social media. Find me on Facebook and Twitter at Actually Autistic Educator. Transcriptions and support are provided by Interact, the International Alliance for Care and Threat Teams, supporting your day-to-day -day work in counseling, disability services, student conduct, law enforcement, care and threat teams, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Check us out at Interact, that's I-N-T-E-R-A-C-T-T dot org.